I was going to ask a couple of general questions. Okay. Interesting. The market seems to have split. There are people who buy graphic novels from yourself and Chris Ware and mm-hmm. Alison Bechtel and people like Craig Thompson. It's interesting that people who buy those sort of books, they mm-hmm. wouldn't read the other kind of comics in the market. Do you see a split? Is that a fair comment, do you think? I do think it's a fair comment. I think that um, the graphic novel, I'd say that the cartoonists who are currently doing the graphic yes. novel came from the, the other world of comics. They grew yes. up reading mainstream comics. But many of the readers of the graphic novels do not come from that world. No. They didn't grow up with them. And so I do think that what's interesting is that um, I think that the kind of work that uh, I'm doing and other cartoonists is actually more connected to a kind of a literary world of comics yes. and writing. Yes. But like, you look back, it's like, it might be more connected to, say, somebody like Jules Pfeiffer or um, Edward Gorey or like a yes. kind of what was a specialty market once, yes. but now it's become bigger and more yes. normalized. It's obviously very heartening to see over the last 10 mm-hmm. to 15 years. It's, it's exploded and there's a lot of wonderful high-quality material that we wouldn't have had access to mm-hmm. before. Do you see it continuing to grow? I mean, obviously, it's got this wonderful thing where there's a legitimacy now, perception-wise. Oh, yeah. You know, comic, there's no stigma anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, people do graphic novels, people from other fields, you know, they want yeah. to create graphic novels. I mean, do you, do you think it will continue to expand? I do. It's tricky, though. I'm not sure where it's going because yes. it's happening at an odd period. The graphic yes. novel is very much tied to print, and print, it's hard to say where print is going. Yes. And even though people are working in comics on the web, I'm not sure that that's going to be the same thing. That Maybe seems, a different yeah. beast, perhaps. Yeah, it seems like there, there could be a whole new form coming. But for someone like me, that form is, like, uninteresting and mysterious. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm so tied to the world of print, where yes. I came from. And everything that I've worked all my life for is to achieve the graphic novel, which now I'm not sure where it'll go. Yeah. Do you draw physically, correct? Mm-hmm. Have you ever dabbled with creating things digitally? Is it- yeah, it's too late for me. <laughs> it just was not my, it was just not my, um, my world. I'm like, no. I came in a little, I was always like uh, resistant to <laughs> new things anyway. Yes. But, yes. but um, I think the, the thing is that literally it has nothing to do with what I do. No. And that's a problem. It's like you're um, right at a crucial where, um, Everything is being steered in this one channel towards the digital world, and yes. that's not really what my work is about. No. So, so what are you currently working on? Right now I'm working on a memoir, sort of, that I've been doing for a couple of uh, volumes of my Palookaville. So I'm, yes. I'm, I'm about halfway through this sort of comic strip memoir. Yes. And I'm just finishing up my long, long-running uh, Clyde fans uh Serial uh, that will finally be done in the next volume of Palookaville. In terms of approaching autobiographical material, is it a way of explaining to yourself how your life has gone? Is that how you see your work? It's funny. When you do things, you don't always know exactly why. I think a lot of it is that I had uh, a strong desire to deal with the idea of memory in itself, to just try and record, like, what yes. do you remember? And that small uh, kind of act of, like... Um, trying to get down on paper the essential things that were in your story of your mm-hmm. life. Rather than make it into a big narrative, I just yes. wanted it to be like, yes. can we just yes. get this down on paper almost like a list? Mm. And that to me is mm-hmm. like the whole process is actually, it's funny, you don't always plan things no. in a logical way like for the reader. Sometimes it's planned just for yourself. And this one was definitely planned for me to explore just the idea of memory and just go with it and, and trust that it will be something someone else can relate to and um, and read, but not to plan it for them. Do you think that your work, do you think mm-hmm. it's made them think, oh, you know, I mean, I yeah. like Seth's work. Perhaps I'll take a look at some, you know, American sort of 50s illustrator. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say that it's the common thing. I mean, I put out a book a few years ago where I talked about 
about like 40 different old books that I love. And um, I have met a few people who are like, I've gone out and tried to find these particular books. And and that's always interesting. But I do think that generally most people are probably like me too, where someone says, I just read a book and I'd love, you should read it. And I say like, oh, great. And then I never do it. Yes. So I think that it's like, to some degree, it may have sparked some interest in people, but who knows? Do your influences stay fairly constant? I'd say, yes, there's a core group of people that have always, you know, continued to love and their work has inspired Yes. Me. But then there's always new influences, always. Yes. But I did keep my eye on the young artists. So who would you say currently? Michael DeForge. Yes. DeForge is like the young genius. I think in a few years, people will see him in the same way they saw Chris Ware a few years ago. He's building an incredible body of work. And, you know, it's interesting that you do end up being quite inspired by younger artists, too. Although I can't imagine anything Michael's doing is going to make me go down that road. It's just we're doing mm. such totally different work. Yes. But I'm inspired by the creativity and the uh, the hard work involved. Do you enjoy the difference between, say, like a six-part series and doing a standalone graphic novel? Yeah. You... It's all kind of a part of a continuum. It's like I'm doing a lot of different kinds of work. So, um, you know, one day I might be drawing a cover for a magazine, and the next day I might be working on a little sculpture. The next day I might be doing some painting, and then it's back to the comic, and then maybe I'm working in my sketchbook. So I think of it all as just part of a continuum. It's all just little things that build towards bigger things. I feel like um, that's my basic approach to how you get the work done. It's like part of a longer process, and eventually something is there. So a sketchbook strip feels different from a completed graphic novel only in the amount of effort that you're putting into it. But obviously you have to build in the beats as well. So for example, if you're doing a six-part series, you have to make sure that there's a satisfying enough conclusion at the end of each issue, but not so satisfying that they don't want to pick up the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth issue. Oh, yeah. You're always thinking to some degree about the reader and and to keep the, you've got to keep the experience like in some way satisfying. That's the hardest thing when you're working on a long work is that you know you're just giving people a little piece of a story. So it has to, you're right, it has to be engaging enough to bring them back. Are you a comic artist? Are you an illustrator? Mm-hmm. Are you both? Uh, I mean, how do you see yourself? Yeah, I just call myself a cartoonist. But I suppose the truth, I just think of myself as an artist. Yeah, I don't really like tie it down because no. I feel like it's you just pursue whatever you're of interested course, in. Yes. And, and now the doors are open pretty wide. You can. It's surprising, like opportunities that will come to you that wouldn't have come years ago. Do you enjoy things like single illo? If an art yeah. director comes to you and says we'd like you to do a, a single page illustration to accompany a feature, yeah, I don't usually enjoy it. To tell you the truth, I enjoy the money. I think the thing is, once in a while, you enjoy it if it's a good job, yes. if it's something that's engaging. There is a magazine that I'm kind of the art director yes. called uh, Canadian Notes and Queries, yes. which is a very dull title. But, but um, it's like I do the covers for that yes. magazine every issue. And um, since I'm the boss, I get to do whatever I want. And I do enjoy that quite a bit. Basically, like I like doing a one image uh, kind of approach, but I also like to be in charge. And when you work for someone else, it is their, you know, you're dealing with their concept. Mm. And, the, and I'm not usually that engaged with that unless it fits into my little world of ideas. Mm. And so there are compromises made. You do your best work, but it's not always because that's what you love most. You obviously have quite a varied career. You're, you're obviously pleased with the fact that you are able to do a variety mm-hmm. of different things. Is this where you would like to have been if you'd asked your younger self 20 years ago? Is this a place that you're happy that you're at? It is where I'm happy where I'm at, but it's not where I would. If you'd asked my 20-year-old self, he yes. would have said no. I would have just wanted to do comics. Mm. That was what it was about then. And all the other stuff was just a way to make to live yeah. so you could make comics. But then, you know, the funny thing is you, when you do a lot of different things, you, you get opened up to new experiences and you change. You know, yes. I'm not the same person I was when I was 20. And now I think that um, those opportunities are sometimes as exciting as working in a comic. Mm. Yeah. Do you think there's any difference between an English and an American show? 
Well, I think it's it might be broader that there's a difference between uh, American shows and um, European British yes. festivals in yes. general. That I feel that um, they're more focused. They have been. Let's put it this way: the mm. American shows are changing, but in traditionally, the American shows were more focused on commerce, mm. and the um, the festivals, I'll just call them, yes. uh, are were more focused on comic art. Well, obviously, I prefer that. Of course, yeah. But they're getting better in North America because there's been a lot of these new festivals starting that are coming out of the alternative market. Mm. Things like uh, the TCAF Festival yes. in Toronto or SPX in uh, Baltimore. Yeah. These are more focused on comic art. You know? But obviously, Canada has a huge comic scene, which is very distinct from the U.S. Yeah, I wouldn't call it huge. But well, we it's do decent have a size. You yeah. certainly punch get... above your weight, shall we say. Yeah, yeah we're, we're doing You know, you've got better. some pretty yeah. impressive people. <laughs> is it because of the culture? Because culturally, you are obviously a little bit like the U.S., but you oh, also yes. have a lot of common sensibilities with Europe. Is it yeah. because you are between yeah. North American and European culture? I'm sure it has something to do with it. It may also just simply be that being next to such a big, powerful country, mm. um, there's been a strong desire in Canada to differentiate yourself from it. And um, I do think that Canadians are funny in that they, there's a sort of a love-hate with them. America and mostly hate, to be hmm. perfectly honest. Yes. Very, Canadians are very snotty about mm. Americans. They assume they're smarter than Americans. They assume they're nicer than Americans, although it is certainly not nicer to assume you're smarter than someone. But I do think there's been a strong impulse in Canada to try and separate ourselves from the Americans, and mm. that may have something to do with why it's a search for identity. Yeah. Yes. I mean, do you feel yourself part of well, it's a horrible term, not, yeah. not a scene, but like a group yeah. of people like Chester Brown and yourself. Do you feel part of that? No, totally. I feel completely part of it. The, the cartoonists of my generation who came up in the 1980s, and this includes many Americans, yes. too. It's like that whole generation of, we've got labeled alternative cartoonists, yes. a horrible title. <laughs> but there's probably only like 30 people that I, I mean, at tops that I put in that list. But I totally feel like this was a kind of a movement or a holy cause or something, and that we didn't think of it in those terms at the time. But now I feel very connected to them. And obviously it's created this amazing wave mm-hmm. for other people to kind of come in on and to, and to celebrate. Yeah, no, it's, well, it's funny because it didn't look like any momentum was building. It looked like the momentum that was going was towards bankruptcy. Somehow I turned around in the, like the year 2000, and I do think that that momentum has been very uh, surprising. There's a right. whole new generation now, a couple of generations. It's, it's impressive.